Let the focus be on God. And that is exactly what the title of the message is that we've been studying, actually, is focus. And we began last week to look at the focus that God is bringing. And I believe with all my heart that he wants to show us even more so, to give us an even greater revelation that he's already been giving us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are praying right now as saints and believers. Lord, it's easy for us to receive. You said that healing is the children's bread. You said that if a man's ways please the Lord, you would make even his enemies to be at peace with him. Father, we create a place for you to inhabit, that you may sit on the throne of our heart, that you may rest within us and upon us. Open our eyes that we may see Mm -hmm. through your vision. Open our ears that we may hear what your voice has to say. Lead and guide us, Holy Spirit, into all truth. Open up the scriptures unto us and explain the word of our Father to us. We are hungry for you, Daddy God. We yearn for you. We seek after you right now that we may be filled. And we thank you in advance Mm. for all that you have already done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. As you see yourself in the Word of God, as you allow yourself to come into the presence of God, what you will notice is that His Word is transformative. His Word has the power to change anyone who desires to be changed. His Word has the power to make your life what it ought to be. Mm. It's upon us to yield to God. As I was looking again at this message, you you have to to step out. I was asking the Holy Spirit to talk to me more about this subject, focus, and to describe it in ways that, that I could possibly convey to others when looking at the area of focus. And he said to me, the first thing he says, focus has to be intentional. It's not something you accidentally do. It's something that you will yourself to do. So when we say focus on God, focus on his will, focus on his purpose, the whole point of this message is that you bring all of your attention in. That's amazing because I see people who can sit for hours and watch television or play video games and you never have to tell them to focus. They can go on the sports field and play for 81 minutes and you never have to tell them to focus. When I played basketball, there were four quarters. I could run up and down the court for four whole quarters and, and, and didn't have to, we did, but didn't have to take a break in those days. Why? Because my focus was on the game and everything about the game. You can meet men and women in the streets and you can ask them about their favorite whatever habit or hobby or whatever they're doing rock climbing or geology, whatever it is. And they can stand all day and talk to you about their things. Have no problem with focus. Mm -hmm. When we come to the things of God, there are saints who struggle just to pay attention to what Jesus is saying. Mm -hmm. So I know that focus is an issue for a lot of people. Let us learn from God's word. Our core text is found in Luke chapter 9, verse 51. 
we'll read that again for you. Uh, two versions. I want to read it in the King James. I also want to read the Amplified. From the King James it reads, And it came to pass when, it, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou we command that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. I'm reading that same place from the Amplified, you'll notice some uh, distinction here as it is brought forward. Verse 51, Now when the time was almost come for Jesus to be received up to heaven, he steadfastly and determinately set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before him, and they reached and entered a Samaritan village to make things ready for him. But the people would not welcome or receive or accept him, because his face was set as if he was going to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, observed this, they said, Lord, do you wish us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked and severely censured them. He said, you do not know what sort of spirit you are. You do not know of what sort of spirit you are. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Listen further. From this eternal death. From the penalty of eternal death. And they journeyed on to another village. Now when you read the context and you listen to what's being said, you come back to the subject of focus. You can see that Jesus was mission focused and that others with him also had a focus, but it was a different focus. Their focus was on being in the village of the Samaritans. So for them, not getting into the village meant that the mission was failed. So their reaction was to call down fire to correct what they thought was a wrong situation. Are you listening? Mm -hmm. So when your focus is on the wrong thing, you will see it the wrong way. <laughs> Part of a focus can be what you're looking at directly, Focus is also what a lens does in a camera. 
it zooms in, it clarifies what you're looking at. If I say your lens is blurry, that means the picture is there. You have a picture, but it's blurred. Focus the lens, and then you adjust the lens, and it becomes sharper, clearer. So the disciples, their focus was only on the village and the Samaritans. As far as they could understand, Jesus gave them an assignment to go and make ready. So if that assignment is failing, then we need to correct it somehow. It's been said often that if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. <laughs> Even though you might need a screwdriver, you may need a saw to cut some wood, but if all you got is a hammer, you just go around beating on everything. And everything that appears, you just beat it. Hit it with the hammer because that's the only tool you're working with. That's, that's what's happening when a person's focus is off. They only see what they see. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, allow me to see what you see. Show me what God is showing you. We went far enough to know and I'm not going to recap the entire uh, lesson from last week, but coming to this one area, we had made reference to those things which, which cause us to lose focus or prevent us from attaining focus. There's a very powerful passage in Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 17. We have it here before us, Philippians 3.17. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk as ye have us for an example. Now, who's writing to the Philippians? It's Paul. If you understand the movement of the Holy Spirit, you would understand it is the Holy Spirit writing to the Philippians through Paul. If you understand that, then you understand that it is the spirit of Jesus Amen. who is writing through Paul to the Philippians. Mm. If you understand that, you will go back to the first scripture we just read in Luke chapter 9 and understand that this same Jesus who spoke to the disciples then is speaking now. Amen. So if I am following Jesus, and Jesus, through his agent, in this case, Paul, is following Jesus. And I am doing what Paul has said. By the Spirit of Christ, I too will be doing what? Following Jesus. This is a term you may not have heard before. This is called chained focus. I'm looking through you as you are looking through Christ who's ahead of you. If families learn this principle, husbands and wives would not develop separate visions. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit right now. This is not in the notes. This is just the Holy Ghost. If they develop this chain focus, you would have an understanding that Christ is the head of the church. And that the head of the family, the wife, is the husband. And the husband 
and the wife together lead the children. Are you understanding? I believe that you are. So if we develop this chain focus, we are all looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. However, we're doing it from a particular position that God has placed us in. Now, Paul could not be any less than what God called him to be. You can't be any less than what God has called you to be. Neither can you be any more. But you can be everything that God has called you to be. So if the head of the church, Jesus himself, is speaking to us by the agency of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not now going to start a separate ministry, branch us off from Jesus, and say, come follow me. No, he's not going to do that. Are you listening? The Holy Spirit will never advise you against Jesus. We're breaking down some errors in doctrine right now. I'm listening very carefully. We're breaking down error in many churches right now. The Holy Spirit will never advise you against Jesus. His focus is solely to point you at Christ, the resurrected Lord. Jesus' focus is to point you directly at God, with whom you are to spend eternity. Any person that the Godhead has called, like Paul in this case, will only preach Jesus through the power of the one Holy Spirit. And that individual will encourage and exhort you to follow mm -hmm. Christ as an example. If you do not understand that, you will then have verse 18, which says, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, how often is often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Mm. This is Paul now. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. Why? Who mind earthly things. Are you reading the scriptures? Paul is saying if anyone comes and their focus is not on Jesus, they are an enemy of God. And that's strong. Mm. That's real. Mm. If you're trying to make me focus on anything except Jesus, you are an enemy of the cross. Mm. How can I tell if you're an enemy of the cross? It says it right there. They mind earthly things. Someone who's claiming to be a minister of God, yet their entire world, their repertoire, everything that they're concerned about is earthly. I can identify you from across the street. 
I can see you coming from a mile away. You are an enemy of God. I'm just reading the scripture. They fill their own bellies. Their belly is their God. So what is a God? The God is the one you worship. The God is the one you deify. The God is the one, is the one you obey. When you find people who walk after the appetite of the flesh, who are constantly being led by the flesh, by the emotion, by whatever this world dictates, you are looking at an enemy of God. You're not supposed to hate them. You're supposed to recognize them. You're supposed to mark them who are walking in that way. And unless they are open to the word of God to repent and change, leave them alone. He says, I am weeping because I have told you not once, not twice, often, several times I have reminded you that these people who are being led and who are walking after their own belly, who are glorying things they should be ashamed of, they're making glory out of the things they should be ashamed of actually, they're minding earthly things, those individuals are the enemies of the cross. Don't get tangled up in that. What is he saying? They are the enemies to your focus. Because they are the enemies of God. You have to keep your focus. And you cannot do that with people who are constantly taking you away from your focus. If I come to talk to you and every time I talk to you, we only end up talking about secular things. You're always trying to make some crude joke. Always trying to show me some foolish thing on, on the internet. Have you asked me, have you heard the story? Try and tell me something that has nothing to do with the kingdom. Hmm. Wisdom tells me I will have a discussion with the person about a number of topics, including hmm. politics. That is a small percentage of my conversation. It's like me and someone, and the first thing he says, how do you like the weather? Well, yeah, the weather's been kind of crazy. Oh, yeah, it's been, it's been raining, and then sun shining, and it's been cold. And that conversation may last, what, five minutes? Ten minutes talk? Okay, we've talked about the weather now. What else are we going to talk about? Oh, did you catch the game the other day? Did you watch the so-and-so? No, I was working, or I was at school. I didn't see the game. Okay, how long is that going to take? Maybe another two minutes or so. All right, now we've talked about that. Now what? Okay, well, I'll see you later. That person has just told you the level of their interest in your God, in the things of God. If you don't believe me, I dare you, whoever might be listening, I dare you, bring up the subject of Jesus and see how long they talk to you. Did you go to church this Sunday? Just find, find a way, an entrance way. They may say, oh, what did you get up to this weekend? Oh, I went to church. We had a wonderful time praising God. Then listen, will there be silence? Will there be a comment after that? Oh, is that the time? Well, 
It's been lovely chatting with you. They serve their belly. Mm. That's how I know the enemies of the cross. They have no interest in God. They have no focus in God. And if you spend time with them, you won't either. Because either they will drag you to their camp, or you will drag them to your camp. That's it. So Paul is in tears because it's sad. Because that's who they are. And verse 20 says, for our conversation, uh, let me read that again slowly, for our conversation. This is what we should be talking about, is in heaven, from whence also we, there it is again, look for a Savior. It's exclusive, our conversation. We look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what kind of Christian never talks about Jesus? Hey. What kind of Christian never talks about heaven? Hey. What kind of Christian never talks about the real reason why we're here in the first place? What kind of Christian, all oh, they can talk about stocks, Bonds, annuities, money-making schemes, marketing schemes, land, houses, everything that they talk about is right here. The Bible says that's an enemy of the cross of Christ because their God is their belly and their mind is always on earthly things. And they'll be angry at me or at you for even saying this. I'll say it again to make sure they heard me. That's an enemy of the cross who does not discuss, who does not have a conversation about heaven, about the Savior, about where it is that we are going. And the Amplified, it makes it clearer for those who couldn't understand it before. Let's make it even more certain. Brothers and sisters, together, Follow my example and observe, observe those who live by the pattern we gave you. For there are many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears who live as enemies of the cross of Christ, rejecting and opposing his way of salvation, whose fate is destruction, whose God is their belly, their worldly appetite. Their sensuality, that's their senses, mm -hmm. their vanity, mm -hmm. their look, they're pumped up, and whose glory is in their shame, who focus their mind, that's that word, who focus their mind on earthly and temporal things. Mm -hmm. But we are different because our citizenship is in heaven, and from there we eagerly await the coming of the, of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see that? So if I'm going to keep my focus, I've got to know. I've got to know that my application to God, it was said this morning, the word was genuine. Mm -hmm. It's real. Amen. It, it, it is legitimate. It is, it is sincere. It is coming from myself to God, my expression. If you see me crying, those tears are real. The old folks say, are those crocodile tears? They used to say that to us when we were kids. Oh, those, you know, quit crying those crocodile tears. That means that they're false. Mark your way very carefully. What are you focused on? Are you 
focusing on earthly things? Mm. Are you focusing on heavenly things while responsibly attending? Because that's the other word. Mm. I am to attend to earthly things, mm. but I'm to focus on heaven. Hallelujah. Now you understand the difference. I'm attending to going to school. I'm attending to going to work. I'm attending to having a family, raising children. Those are things I attend to. What did God tell Adam to do in the beginning, ladies and gentlemen? He told him to dress the garden and what? Keep it. But his fellowship every night, every evening was what? Walking with Adam. Go back and read your Bible. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the book of Genesis. Adam walked with God every day in the cool of the evening. Yet Adam's day job was what? Attending to the garden. Dressing the trees. Being a gardener. That attending was never designed to take the place of fellowship with God. You're attending your job, your school, your family. Oh, I'm dating. That, that is not supposed to take the place of your focus. Amen. Your focus is God, is heaven. You are an eternal citizen. We've already established in other lessons, eternal life is already in you, already in us. So our focus can never shift from Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I will not become an enemy of the cross by losing my focus from the cross. I will keep looking into the face of Christ. I will keep looking into the face of Jesus. I will keep looking into the face of God. I will keep facing heaven. Move the distractions out of your way. Regain your focus if you have lost it. Get away from the enemies of the cross of Christ. Fighting the focus breakers. I love the image there. (laughs) There are so many times I wish I could do (laughs) what the image is showing. For those who are listening, there's a very clear caricature of a young man gripping his Bible quite tightly and holding a sword in his right hand while giving an image, an effigy of the devil, a good old-fashioned Texas backhand slap, pow yow, to the powers of darkness. It even says S-M-A-C-K in the caption, smack. <laughs> so the artist, if you didn't get the motion of the image, the artist actually wrote the sound out to make the sound of of the smack of the Bible upside the head of the enemy. This is called fighting the focus breakers. Those who would take, and I say those as in whatever may take, shame, time, sudden change, disappointment, pain, popularity, mass acceptance, great wealth or great poverty, etc. All of these things have the potential of breaking your focus. So it's not just 
housed in some human being. Oh, I'm going to stop hanging out with Larry because all Larry wants to do is bold. He's breaking my focus. No, I'm going beyond the flesh. Anything can be a focus breaker. Anything can become an object used to break your focus on Christ. As we said, the scriptures bear witness. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, we read it earlier in our study. We'll read it again here to draw out these points. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. This is the error we want to capture right here. Despising the shame. That's the error we want to capture. This action of despising the shame is linked to maintaining my focus. Jesus shows us that in order for me to go past the cross, I have to despise the shame associated with going upon the cross. Why? Because the Bible says, cursed is he who hangs on a tree. So he literally looks down upon, look at the definition there, despise, it's a verb, but with the object attached. In this case, it is the cross. Despising the shame that comes with having to bear the cross, endure the cross, to feel contempt or deep repugnance for. That's a, a, a sickening feeling that, that the cross created, the shame associated, created this vulgarity, this reaction in him. So he despises the shame associated with hanging on the tree. What are we describing? We're talking about a type of fight that rises from the Holy Spirit against any and all focus breakers. Time. Sudden change. How can that be a focus breaker? Oh, you're too old. Oh, you're too late. Oh, you're too black. You're too white. You're too tall. You're too short. Those are focus breakers. You can't do that even though God called you to do it. Oh, you can't do that because of, uh, if you had been in 15 minutes earlier. No, I despise that. I reject that. I refuse that. We have already established you can do any and everything God has called you to do. And you have to believe that. Amen. You cannot accept, oh, it's been 15 years. Oh, it's been 20 years. It's irrelevant. The fact that you are still here in this world is a testimony that God is not finished with you. How many times you could have been dead, moved off the scene? Why did God leave you here? Why did he leave you in this place to fulfill his will? So when you are fighting the focus breakers, you are despising anything that would rise up against the word of God in you to tell you you cannot become or you cannot do or you cannot achieve what God has said. Beloved, if we put this in order, we will have built, well, I put it this way, God will have built in us 
a weapon that cannot be defeated. You will never need to read any secular self-help books if you capture what the Word of God is saying to you today. If you allow the Holy Spirit to, to so sharpen your focus on God, to so, listen, purpose you, that's a beautiful way of saying it, Holy Spirit, to purpose you for your purpose, to point you at your calling, and then to help you zero in, lock your vision onto what God wants you to do. Then understand that you are to fight every single foe that would try to break your focus. How? By the same methods that Jesus used. The Bible says he despised the shame. The joy that was set before him. He looked over the pain, the suffering of the cross. Knowing that I will see greater. In three days, I will see greater. I will see a harvest from around the world of every nation, kindred, and tongue if I go through this. I will be sitting at the right hand of my Father if I go through this. I will see an eternal family come from every place on the world if I go through this. So that joy of that accomplishment combined with the despising of the very thing that would... You don't want to go to the cross, Jesus. You were ruling in heaven at one point. How's it going to look? Here you are, all these miracles you're doing, and now you're on a tree? Come on. You're going to be embarrassed. All your friends are going to talk about you. He despised the shame. He despised... No. I reject every voice that is against what God wants me to do. Hallelujah. That's the key. Mm. That's the fighting the focus breakers. Matthew 16, 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. That's exactly what we just established. When those persons are enemies of the cross of Christ, that's what they're like. They're always trying to get you not to do what God said. But Jesus turned. He went beyond the flesh of Peter, the human being, and dealt with the entity, the spirit of Satan, coming out of his mouth. Even your best friend, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, anybody can be a tool of the devil. Your husband, your wife, you have got to be listening to the Holy Spirit. You're not attacking the person. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because what you are saying is foreign to my call. What you are saying is foreign to my focus. Therefore, I'm rebuking you in this person. That takes boldness. And beyond boldness, it takes extreme clarity. Because if you're not focused, you will never say this. Sometimes it will come from your boss, your supervisor, your colleague, 
And as soon as you hear that, you should be ready to respond, ready to react and say, no, that is not the voice of God. Why? Because it's taking me away from my focus. And my focus must be clear. My focus must be what God said. Are you seeing it? So this is the sharpness that Jesus brings out. I am despising the shame that would shame me out of what? Going to the cross. Fulfilling my mission. So what is standing in front of you to keep you from seeing it God's way? Hearing it God's way. Many people, I, I don't know how many years it goes back, but it goes back many years. People have been taking polls and surveys. And somewhere along the way, polls and surveys became the public sway. Well, the polls say, well, 99% of the polls say, 57% of persons polled have said. So the public opinion became this beast. And it has only grown over recent time and recent years. So what happened? I'll go back to recent history. The last uh, election in the United States, what happened? Every poll had a certain candidate ahead. You may, may or may not have known that. Every poll had a certain candidate ahead by several points. To the point that everyone on social media was talking about who's going to be the next president of the United States. When they had the announcement and the person who won, won, there were people in the streets crying and screaming, yelling and going crazy because they believed that the polls, the surveys were accurate and that what the polls and surveys said would deliver them their candidate, and it didn't happen. Mm. And to this day, you have people who are fighting the election results months after the election has taken place. Why? Mm. Because they believed the negative report right there. Mm. They got stuck with what Satan was saying and didn't click over to what God was saying. Mm. Now, I'm using that as an example. If you can understand the the political diagram, you understand the point here. Jesus, when you read the scriptures, Peter, James, and John were a part of his inner circle. Are you understanding? They were the closest three disciples to him of all the disciples. Yet he made no distinction. He had to deal with the spirit that's speaking through Peter because it was wrong. So when we say fighting the focus breakers, standing up, as you see the last note there, not being passive. Being passive means that you let it slide. You, you let it go by. You don't challenge it. When we look at another character, which is David, when he was about to fight Goliath, when you go back and read the story, you will notice that every time Goliath said something, the giant made a boast. David countered what he said. We call this answering back the word of God. When Jesus was being tempted, Luke chapter 4, everything that Satan said to him, he answered what? Him back with, it is written. 
This is what the word said. It's the same principle. So fighting the focus breakers means you step out and you step up and you say what God said. No matter what the opposition, you declare what God has said. You refuse to lose your focus. Why? Wow. By the grace of God, is that? Wow. Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you what. There's another word. What we can do is introduce the next word. God gave me three words. The first word was focus. What I'll do is introduce the second word, and we'll have to pick it up next time. That's the next word. So from focus, we move to perseverance. The text I'll give you today, we'll come back to it by God's grace if we're not in the heaven and rapture next week. Hey. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This is the next area of our focus. That if we can understand maintaining our focus before God, it will be easy to move into perseverance. Perseverance is what we need for the end times. Every end time believer must develop perseverance in order to go through. Now, there are many persons who are distracted. We want to bring their, first of all, focus in on God, then teach them how to persevere, how to press through. It's an intentional way. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word you delivered to us today. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power of God being upon us. We thank you for the revelation knowledge that you are causing us to learn to keep, to maintain our focus on you, to not break our focus, our concentration on Christ, that we can see him in every area, every aspect, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what's going on around us, that we can be focused on Jesus. Even in the midst of this world with all the things happening, we can see his face clearly, see his footsteps, and follow behind. Kingdom. Father, we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit working in us, bringing us into alignment with the Word of God eternally, that you have placed your Spirit in us, your eternal life in us, and given us the hope of your salvation. Father, we pray for every person who will hear this Word around the world, that they would come to Christ, that their eyes would be open to hear to see, to behold Jesus. the work of God in this end time, that both of these words would work in us, both focus and perseverance in the name of Jesus Christ. Find your neighbor, your friend, put your arm around him, tell them you are blessed to be focused on Christ in Jesus' name.